Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to continue to cover Luke chapter 17, and we're actually going to get past the first part of verse 1. But I told you that it was going to be some deep, deep stuff in Luke chapter 17, and I don't want to waste any time because today... It, 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 it just keeps getting deeper and deeper and heavier and heavier. Uh, in our last podcast, when we started Luke chapter 17, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he the first thing he tells them, he says, temptations will always come. They're always going to be there. for uh, so." And he's going to tell them, he's going to say, watch yourselves. And he's telling them that because... He's saying, look, your focus has to be on me. Your your goal is heaven, and your your goal is to be more like me. Well, Satan has a goal, too. Satan has a goal to, to, to throw all these temptations our way to get us to get our attention off of God and onto whatever distraction he can lay out before us because if if we are distracted from our goal as to get into heaven or if we're distracted from keeping our eyes on Jesus and our eyes are focused somewhere else, well, then he, he can have his way with us because and, 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 we're vulnerable and, and, and we have to be careful. And that's what Jesus is going to say in verse 3 because he tells his disciples, he says, watch yourselves, watch yourselves. And so I, 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 I want to go back to those first four verses and, 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 and just real quickly before we get into what I want to talk about today, I, I just, I just want to just... I just want to emphasize, I guess, be the best word, how serious sin is. And and I mentioned it in the last podcast, but sin, I I think sometimes in our busy everyday lives and we're just chugging along with life, I think we forget. And I think that's what Satan wants us to do. I think we forget how serious sin is sin really is and 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 what and, and what sin is is going against the will of God. God says don't do this or or do this and 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 we we do what he says not to do or we don't do what he says to do. It's it going against the will of God is sin. And what sin does, it separates us from God. Our goal is to be as close to God as we can. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you, right? But Satan is throwing these temptations at us to get us distracted, right? To get our focus, our our attention off of God and onto these things so that we can be separated from God. That's what sin does. That's why sin is so dangerous. Like we talked about in the last podcast with Adam and Eve. You know, Adam Adam and Eve had perfect communion with God, but Satan comes along, has a simple conversation with her in the garden, and got her to focus on that tree, even though she's passed by that tree a gazillion times probably in the garden. She, she knew that God said, don't be around the tree, don't eat the fruit of that tree, just, you know, stay away from it. But Satan got her to focus on it, and she desired it. And next thing you know, she's picking the fruit off the tree, something that she thought that she would never do. And she ate the fruit and and gave to Adam, and sin entered in. And look at the consequences that came along 
with their choice. It's been passed down onto us, and, and that's why Jesus had to die on the cross for our sins. Look at uh, look at uh, uh, Peter that we used in the last in the last podcast as an example. He he had walked with Jesus, ate meals with Jesus, watched Jesus do all these miracles for over three years. He was so strong. He was a, a pillar of the faith, and yet. He denied that he even knew who Jesus was as Jesus was being tried and about to be crucified on the cross. Not once, but three times he denied Jesus. And then um, uh, another example, and I I think this is the book that I'm going to break down after I get through with uh, the book of Luke, and that's the book of Hebrews. The whole purpose of the book of Hebrews is written to Christians, people who were in Judaism, and they heard about Jesus. They decided to follow Jesus and be a disciple of Christ and, and, and realize, hey, this is the Messiah. I need to give him my life because uh, and follow him because I have sin in my life and I need my sins forgiven. So they give their lives to Jesus. They're baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of their sins. And they start to live for Jesus. And then along comes persecution. And when persecution comes... And, and, and he even tells them, he says, it's not your persecution is bad, but you haven't shed blood yet. So persecution has come, and, 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 and even though nobody has died for their faith yet, to the people he's writing the letter to, they're, they're, they're like, whoa, I can't handle this persecution stuff. I'm going back into Judaism where it's safe. At least I'm worshiping God. And so he writes to them, listen to them, in, in chapter, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 29. He says this, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. See, that's what happened. They're, they're wavering. Uh, they're, 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 they're starting to doubt this Jesus fell in this, in walk, in walk, this Christianity stuff and, and, and living for Jesus because, hey, they're being persecuted. They're being beaten and, and, and put in prison and things like that and being tortured. And, and, and so he says, let us hold tightly without wavering. Don't doubt, but God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another, acts and love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And so he, he, he's telling them, he says, I know persecution is coming. I know you're having a hard time, but God is faithful. So keep putting your trust in God. He, he will take care of you. Don't, don't waver. Hold tightly uh, to the hope. And the hope is Jesus. And, and, and he's saying, you need each other. And that's why we are to gather together with other believers because uh, this persecution that they're facing, he says, you can't do it on your own. But if, if, you, if you will get together and encourage one another, and, that, and and that's he's saying don't don't neglect meeting together because we got to have each other to make it through this difficult time. But he says in verse 26 and this is what I wanted to get to. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Just think of how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit 
who brings God's mercy to us. In other words, he's saying if you leave Jesus, where are you going to go to find a sacrifice for your sins? There, there is no other sacrifice outside of Jesus. And if you go back into Judaism, you're leaving Jesus. And, and, and he says there remains no more sacrifice for your sins. And, and, and sin separates us from God. And it's the blood of Jesus Christ. that That's the reason why Jesus had to come on this earth as a man. He, he had to leave heaven and, and, and put, God put on flesh. And he walked this earth. And, and, and he never sinned. And he became the sacrificial lamb, our once and for all sacrifice. He was the only one and will be the only perfect person that ever walked the face of this earth. And he was able to be our Passover lamb. Exodus chapter 12 talks all about the Passover lamb. But he had to be perfect. He had to have no sin. Because he 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 died in our place. He he died to take the penalty he uh, of our sin. He 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 died that we could be reconciled. We could be made friends again with God. That through the blood of Jesus Christ, God's wrath was appeased, and 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 and, and he no he no longer looks at us angrily, but he looks at us if we're if we're following Jesus, and 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 we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He's looking at us through the lens of Jesus, if you will. He's looking at us through the blood of Jesus. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and saying, Yes, they're sinners, but look, I paid the price for their sin. I died on the cross for their sin. I have paid the penalty and their debt, their sin debt. I have done that, Father. So forgive them for their sin and, and, and draw near to them and, and continue to, to, to be with them. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have received God's mercy because of what Jesus has done for us. And in the Hebrews, uh, the, the, the letter of Hebrews is so, uh, so interesting, but he's saying, if you leave Jesus, you are leaving the only sacrifice that can wash your sins away. And so he gives them this warning and he's saying, stick with Jesus, stick with Jesus and, and meet together and, and encourage one another and, and, and how you can keep going. But And, and, and the reason why is, is because he knows the importance of sin. He knows how dangerous sin is. And without Jesus, we cannot be forgiven of our sins. And what I'm afraid is, and, and I'm speaking for myself, because it, it, I left off the last podcast by saying, you know, we need to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. We need to take an assessment of our life and see if we're living in sin or we're living for Jesus. If our if our motivation for the every to get out of the bed every day is to go make a paycheck so we can pay our bills because we've acquired a bunch of stuff and we're neglecting the things of God, read the book of Amos. In the Old Testament, the prophet Amos, I mean, God just, he says, you're, you're doing all this stuff yourselves, but my house is laying over here empty, desolate. You're forgetting all about me. And, and, and eventually God says, I've had enough of this stuff. And he, he took Israel and put them in, uh, let them be wiped off basically the face of the earth. And, and, and Jerusalem's wiped out, the temple's destroyed, and they're taken into Babylonian captivity for 70 years until they're, uh, they're able to return 70 years later and rebuild. And then Jesus has to come along and, and die on the cross for our sins. But sin is dangerous. It is so dangerous. It is so dangerous. And what I'm afraid of is that in our everyday lives, in the hustle and bustle of life, and we're so busy and we're doing this and we're doing that, we don't realize 
how dangerous sin is. And sin, it separates us from God. That's what Romans 6.23 says. The wages of sin is death. And we think of death as, you know, we, we take our last heartbeat. Our eyes are closed forever and, and, you know, we don't breathe anymore. But but the wages of sin is death and death is a separation. Just like when the devil told Eve when they were having that conversation in the Garden of Eden. He says, you won't die physically but you will be like God and have all of God's wisdom, knowing both good and evil. And Eve already had perfect communion with God. It was like being in heaven. There was no sin. But the devil got her to focus on that fruit, and she she did exactly what God told her not to do. She ate the fruit, and so did Adam. And their eyes were opened, and the next thing you know, God comes walking through the garden, and he's asking, where are you? Because he's had perfect communion with them. God knew where they were at. They were hiding because they were ashamed because they had sinned. They had done the very thing that God told them not to do. And that was eat the fruit that was in the garden. And so the separation had come. And Jesus, or God, had to make a sacrifice. He had to sacrifice, because they had tried to cover up their nakedness with fig leaves. And God killed an animal and take the skin of the animal and makes clothing for them. So there was the first sacrifice. And then Jesus Thousands of years later comes along and his, he is the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And so I just want to start off this podcast just by emphasizing how important it is that we realize the dangers of sin and if we are living in sin or not. Uh, there's a difference in you know making a mistake every now and then in sinning against God or del- like the Hebrew author says, if we keep on deliberately sinning and living a life of sin it's dangerous man it's very very dangerous so like i said in the last podcast and this podcast check yourself before you wreck yourself because it's very dangerous where is your heart where is your focus because satan is going to do everything that he can that's why jesus started off talking to his disciples in luke 17 and he tells them right off the bat temptations are always going to be coming and he even says in verse 3 Watch yourselves. Watch yourselves. And and now that I've talked about the importance of sin and how sin separates us from God, and our goal is to be with God and to be close to God, and so we we don't want to be in sin, right? We want to be focused on God. Well, the dangers of sin and sin being uh, uh, separating us from God, Jesus says in Luke 17, he says, you don't want to be the cause of somebody to fall in into sin. Let me go back. He says, But what sorrow, and this is uh, verse one, uh, still with verse 1, because he says, Temptation's always going to be coming. He's talking to his disciples. Temptations are always going to be there. You're always going to be faced with temptations. He says, But what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? It would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. So watch yourselves in verse 3. And so he's saying if if we cause another person to fall into sin, he said it's better that it, it's better for us if we were had a big old rock tied to our neck and thrown into the sea and drowned. That's how dangerous sin is. And it's very dangerous if we are the person that causes another person to be separated from God. Very dangerous. 
The Greek word here, uh, the, I think the King James word uh, uh, uses uh, the word offenses instead of sin. But the Greek word here is scandalizo. And scandalizo is an old Greek word that comes from, um, uh, it means bent stick. And what a bent stick is, it is the stick that springs the trap or sets the bait, like when an animal comes in uh, uh, um, into a, a trap. When I was a kid, my, uh, my, my granddad had a garden. And uh, when, when, I, I would, he would have all kind of rabbits and all kind of varmints going and eating his his uh, vegetables and stuff that he was growing. And so I would set traps and try to catch these varmints. And I've caught rabbits and I've, I've caught a, a, a coon and I've, I, I caught a possum one time and it freaked me out because I was expecting a rabbit and this thing's hissing at me. And uh, But what I did was I had this wooden box and I put food uh, like carrots or, or cabbage or lettuce or something in the back of it. And there was this lever that when the animal smelled the food, they would come into the box and go to the back of the box to get the food. And on their way to the food, they would hit this bent stick. They would hit this lever, and it would. It, and when they hit it, it popped, and and it would trigger the door, and the door would close behind them. And so they had no way out. They they were literally trapped. And so that that's what this word scandalizo means. It it, it is a bent stick. It is it is this. Uh, a spring it is the stick that springs the trap or or closes the door it sets uh the bait if you will it's 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 another word that we use for stumbling block jesus says over and over again you don't want to be a, a a stumbling block people uh let me see where i want to go with this people sin but we don't want to be the one holding the bait, enticing them to sin. I mean, that, I mean, that's just that's just who we are. We're, we're sinners. Romans three twenty three says we have all sinned and come short of the the glory of God. We're all going to make mistakes. I don't care how full of the Holy Spirit we are. I don't care how strong in the faith we are. We, we just discussed Peter uh, in the last podcast and this podcast. That dude was strong in his faith. He walked with Jesus every day, but yet he denied G- that he even knew Jesus three times, three times, right in a row. And so, the Paul says, "Take heed, uh, uh, take heed, lest uh, I forget how the verse exactly goes. We just used it in the last podcast, but he says, take heed lest you st- uh, uh, take heed that you stand lest you fall.' Or something like that. In other words, don't think that you're so strong that that you can't have your feet knocked out from under you because that's exactly what Satan will do. And in in the next he's so smooth and so good with his game, we don't even realize that we're being tempted and we don't even realize that we're about to sin. Like just like Adam and Eve when she ate that fruit, it was she just had a casual conversation with with the serpent, with Satan, with the devil there in the garden of Eden. And 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 she knew that she wasn't supposed to take that fruit. But but the devil made it look so good she couldn't resist. And the next thing you know, she's eating the fruit. She had it in her hands and never said to herself, I don't need to do this. I don't need to do it. No, she just took it, ate it, gave it to Adam, and he ate. And the next thing you know, they knew they were naked, and they were ashamed. And, and we, and this is what Jesus says, you don't want to be that stumbling block. You don't want to be that scandalizo. You do not want to be the one who's holding the bait and traps a person and causes them to sin. 
uh, in First John chapter two verse ten, John says this: If anyone anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause another to stumble, I'm going to read that again. First John two ten: Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light. So if we're loving like Jesus loved. And, and we're loving our, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, then we're living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. So the, the, our purpose then is to lead people to Jesus. And that's what I've been saying in the last podcast. And that's what I'm saying in this podcast. We don't want to lead people away from Jesus. We want to lead people to Jesus. And, and, and so the key is love. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. And the key is being in the light. And Jesus is the light. John chapter 8, verse verse 12. The key is being in Jesus, being focused on Jesus, and not giving in to these temptations that Satan is... In Ephesians 6, Paul talks about the fiery darts that the enemy is throwing against us. And the enemy is not flesh and blood, but it's more... It's not... Uh, our wife, it's not our boyfriend, it's not our girlfriend, it's not our husband, it's not our children. It, it, it goes way higher than that, way deeper than that. Uh, our enemy is not our friend. Our enemy is Satan. And Satan means opposition, and he's going to do anything that he can. He, he knows what what gets our focus our, off of God. He knows uh, what causes us to sin or, or to be tempted to sin. He, he's good at his game. He's good at his game, and he knows what will get us to stumble. And so we it's what Jesus said in verse 3 to his disciples. He says, so watch yourselves. And and, and that's why I keep saying the same thing really over and over again because I just want you to be aware of how easy it is to, to mess up. It, it's just so easy. And our purpose, like I said, is to lead people to Jesus and not away from Jesus. And, and, and Jesus is saying, you don't want to be the one that's the stumbling block. It's very dangerous. It'd be better for you to have a, a, a big old heavy stone tied around your neck and be thrown into the sea and drown than to cause someone to stumble. And John says in 1 John 2.10, anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. So the opposite of that is if we cause people to stumble, we're not living in the light. Because we don't want to lead people away from Jesus. We want to lead people to Jesus. So remember the context. Remember the context here. Jesus, um, and we covered this in 14, 15, and 16, but Jesus has been talking to his disciples and to the Pharisees, and he's been telling these these Pharisees, uh, or he's been telling his disciples that they don't want to be like the Pharisees and because he had pronounced all these woes on the Pharisees. And he says, look, they're all about show. Their heart is not right with God. They're just doing it to be seen of people. They want the praise of people and they, and they like money and they want, you know, they, they want to, people to, to like them and, and they want to be accepted of the people and, and just things like that. And so Jesus is telling his disciples, he's, he's saying, your goal is to be like me. Your goal is to have the mind of Christ. And, and that's the same goal we have in Philippians 2. Paul tells us to have this attitude, the same attitude that Jesus had. And so we are to have a heart of love. And that's what John just said in, in, in 1 John 2. And if we're, uh, if we're leading people to Jesus and we're not causing people to stumble, we're living in the light and we're, we're having a heart of love. And, and if we continue... To be like Jesus, then we will not tempt anyone to sin, 
because of our actions. That's what Jesus is telling his disciples. If you continue to be like me, everything's going to be fine. You're not going to cause anybody to stumble. But if you choose sin, then you're in danger. You're in da- and it's very easy to do. But um, when Jesus was talking about the Pharisees, he even said, he said, you don't want to be like these guys. Because when in Matthew 23, 15, he says, when they convert somebody, they convert somebody twice as, uh, as a child of hell as they are. They are being the scandalizo. They're being that lever that sets the trap. And they're being a stumbling block. And Jesus says, you want to be like them. You want to be like me. You want to have a true heart, which is the heart of of God. You want to lead people to God and not away from God like the Pharisees were doing. That was the the whole point of him saying all this stuff and he's saying watch yourselves. Watch yourselves. And 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 that's what I, I just can't say it enough is to 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 I mean, it's so easy for us to get caught up in everyday life and being so busy that we, we, we don't really stop and think. We don't take time to be in the Word. We don't take time to commu- uh, communicate with God through prayer. And, and, and so what happens is uh, we think we're okay, but that's, that's the devil's game, man. He, he wants us to think that we're okay. He does not want us getting our focus and our attention on God. He wants our attention and our focus to be somewhere else. I mean, going back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and them choosing to eat that fruit, they have sinned and they've gone against the the will of God. Don't eat the fruit that is in, in, on that tree in the middle of the garden. But what do they do? They 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 go to the garden and they pick some of that fruit and they eat it. And, and, and sin has come in, and and we do the same thing that they did back then. We play the blame game. We want to blame somebody else for our decision to eat the fruit. We want to make we want to blame somebody else for the sin that we've committed. What uh Flip Wilson in the 70s, he used to say the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. Well, not not that's not necessarily the case. He might have thrown those temptations your way or or my way, but we make the choice. Eve made the choice to pick the fruit. Eve made the choice to put the fruit to her mouth. Eve made the choice to bite into the fruit, chew the fruit, and swallow the fruit. And she made the choice to pass some of that fruit that God said, don't eat it or you're going to die. There was all kinds of chances for Eve to say, nope, God said not do this. I'm I'm not doing this. But she had all kinds of chances to say no. But so many times she said yes. And it's so easy to do because sin is fun. Sin is easy to do. It, 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 it's really our nature is to go to go against God to, to to sin, and because we want to please self, we love ourselves, and we're going to do anything we can to please self, especially when somebody has sinned against us. And and, and this is what we're going to be talking about in the next few podcasts. But when somebody sins against us and we're hurt. And we're angry, and and we're not willing to forgive, and and, and we want to uh, pay them back. We want to get revenge, and so we we just go partake of sin. We just our focus gets off of God, and 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 sin becomes easy. And we and and, and the more we sin, the more callous we come to it, and and, and the more we just keep sinning because it no longer bothers us. That's, that's why, oh, it's so important. 
that we stop, stop, just stop for some time and, and, and survey our lives and see where we are at with God and our walk with God and our walk with Jesus. Are we taking time to pray on a daily basis? Are we taking time to read his word and re- not just read it, but I mean read it, study it, break it down and, 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 and allow God to speak to our hearts as we walk with him on a daily basis because when we're busy in everyday life it's just so easy to forget about all that stuff and the next thing you know we've got fruit in our hand and we're taking the bite and and we're chewing it up and we're swallowing it and 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 we have fallen or we have given into that temptation and it's a dangerous dangerous place to be unless we forgive or unless we ask for repentance but just you know Adam and Eve they didn't want to take responsibility for their sin. Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the the serpent and and and, and so we do the same thing today. We you know we don't want to take responsibility for our own actions. We want to blame somebody else. And that's all I'm going to say about that because it's just what we do. Own it. If you sin, own it and say, "God, I have sinned." And I, I messed up and, and I'm repenting. I'm turning away and I'm heading in a new direction. I'm coming back to you. Please forgive me. And you know what? He will. He will. It is When we choose to sin, it is nobody else's fault but our own. In Genesis 3, 8 through, uh, 8 through 13, it says this. When the cool of the evening breezes were blowing. So you get this beautiful picture, right? Of the Garden of Eden, it's cool in the evening, the wind's blowing. The man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. And the Lord God called to the man. He didn't call to Eve, who was the one who the devil deceived, right? He called to Adam, the man. And he said, where are you? And he replied, where are you? I heard you walking in the garden and I hid because I, I I was afraid because I was naked. And God says, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And the man replied, listen to the question God said to Adam. Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree? Have you, Adam, eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And the man replied, it, it was that woman you gave me who gave me the fruit. I ate it. She gave it to me. I didn't go and pick the fruit. She gave me the fruit because I was hungry, and, and I ate the fruit. It was her fault. And then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? Well, well, it was the serpent's fault. The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate the fruit. He said I, he said I could be just like you, and that I can know both good and evil. He said I wouldn't die. Hey, I, but 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 now I know what he meant. But it, see, it was too late. It was too late. And notice in this conversation that's going on here between uh, Adam and Eve and God, the serpent doesn't say a word. He's just uh, well, actually, he's walking around at this point on his feet. He's not on his belly yet. But that but he had nothing to say because he is. The master deceiver. He has done his job. He has, he has got man to sin against God. They ate the fruit that God said, "Don't eat that fruit," and they ate the fruit, and it was too late. 
God pronounces the consequences of sin on the serpent, on the woman, and the man. And you can read about that, I believe, it's in Genesis 3, Genesis 4, at the end of Genesis 3, I believe. But nobody wanted to take the blame. They passed blame. And, and, and I just want to say again, look, when you... When we choose to sin, let me say it like this. When we choose to sin, if I choose to sin, I have to own it. I I don't care what somebody else has done or how they've influenced me. I make the choice to sin. Now, I want to say this also. There, there's a huge difference between making a mistake in sinning and living a life of sin and going back into sin all the time and just forgetting about God completely. I, I can't just keep on saying uh, uh, sinning and you know and keep going back into the same sin over and over again and saying, God, please forgive me. God, please forgive me. It doesn't work like that. Romans 6, Paul talks about us abusing the grace of God that we can just keep on sinning. He says, God forbid. That's not what we can do. Uh, because if we're in Christ Jesus... And we have a, a, a we've been raised a new creation in Christ. Our our mind is being transformed by the Word of God. Romans twelve one through three. We don't want to live a life of sin because we've been taken out of sin. We've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of light. So why would we want to live in darkness if we? You can't live in darkness if you're living in light. It does light and darkness cannot dwell to, to, together. The Bible says that. So if we're living in Jesus, who is light. We don't want to live in sin. We don't want to sin. We want to live pleasing to God. And we want to bring people or take people closer to God and not bring them away from God. And that is that, that is that is what makes Jesus, His grace and His mercy, it, it's just so awesome. Because mercy is saying, I'm not giving you what you deserve. You deserve wrath. You deserve hell. But I'm going to give you heaven through Jesus Christ and the sacrifice he made for you and your sins on the cross. He's given us grace, and uh, I've seen grace defined like this. God's redemption at Christ's expense. Jesus paid our sin debt, and, and that's what grace and mercy is all about. And, and, and as, as, as powerful as sin is and it separates us from God, the blood of Jesus Christ is so much more powerful and it, and it reconciles us to God. It makes us friends again with God. It appeases God's wrath. And God looks at us through, if we're, if we're following Jesus and we're walking with Jesus, and we made him our Lord and Savior, then God looks down from heaven and he sees us through the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and he, just like when the death angel passed over in, in the Passover in Exodus chapter 12, the, the death angel, if he did not, they were to take that Passover lamb and sacrifice it and put the blood on the outside of their doorposts. And when the death angel passed over, if the death angel saw the blood, anybody that was in that house was spared. They were saved. The death angel passed over that home because of the blood of that sacrificed lamb. And and, and, and if there was no blood on the doorpost, they lost their firstborn. They lost their firstborn. There was death. There was separation in that house. And and, and and so the blood of Jesus is so powerful, it's so precious, and it causes God to look over our sin. And it's why it's so important that we, and that's what Jesus is telling his disciples. Temptation's going to come. There's going to be so much temptation for you to sin. But watch yourselves. 
And don't be the one who causes somebody to fall into sin. You don't want to be that person. Watch yourselves, Jesus says. The Greek word is prosecho. prosecho. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right or not. Prosecho. But it means to bring near, uh, to bring to. It's talking about bringing a ship to land or a boat to land and simply to touch to touch the boat, uh, to hold it. It's to turn the mind to or attend to be attentive. Uh, if, if you've ever been on a boat, whether you're fishing, joyriding, skiing, uh, whatever, if you've been out on any body of water on a boat and they bring the, when they bring that boat back to the shore, I remember going back to my childhood and fishing with my uncle James and we used to go all the time. He loved to fish and we'd go to, uh, uh, to Kentucky Lake in, in, in West Tennessee and, 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 and crappie fish a lot and, and, uh, uh, we would fish the bushes with our minnows and our cane poles and, and after we have a, a long day of fishing and eating our beanie weenies and, and, and we'd go back to the bank and, 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 I, I, he would always either I would hold there, there was a rope tied to the boat and I would hold the the rope until he could go get the truck and back the trailer uh, down into the water and then we would take the rope and pull the boat up onto the to the uh, uh, to the trailer the boat trailer and then he would tie the winch to it and pull it the rest of the way up and then we'd tie the boat down and go home that the person holding the rope is holding that boat from going back out into the water because if you don't have the rope or if you don't have a a, a, a tight hold on the boat, the boat's going to drift off back into the water. That is exactly, that is exactly what Jesus is saying here when he says to his disciples, watch yourselves, watch yourselves. It's the Greek word prosecho, to bring near, to, 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 to bring a ship to land, to, to hold that boat from drifting back out into the water. Watch yourselves. Hold on. Like the author of Hebrews said, hold firmly to the hope that we have. And that hope is Jesus. And don't give way into temptation and let Satan make you drift back off from the shore and back out into the waters on your own where it's dangerous territory. Hold on to that hope. Hold on to, to that rope. Hold on to Jesus as tightly as you can. And you don't want to be the one that causes someone to drift, to fall back into sin. Because it, 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 it's, Jesus says if, if you're that way, it'd be better for you to, to, to have a heavy stone tied to your neck thrown into the sea and drowned than to cause someone to fall into sin. So Jesus makes it clear that temptations will always be out there. And he, he, he says that there's a possibility that, that some's going to take the bait and some's going to sin. And, and we all do. We're all sinners. Romans 3.23, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And, and that sin separates us. But the blood of Jesus Christ, if, we, if we're walking with Jesus on a daily basis, 
then that's, that, that blood of Jesus Christ washes our sins away and it, and it brings us closer to God, right? And, and, and so we, we, we want to be careful, like Jesus says. We want to watch ourselves and we don't want to be the one who is a stumbling block. We don't want to be the one that is a, 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 a scan, scandalion. We don't want to be that lever that traps uh, the, the, the person in sin because Jesus says that's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. Let me go back to the passage in 1 John because I just shared one little part of that verse. I, I want to break it down or at least I want to read it to you before we end this podcast today. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 1-11, through 11, John says this. He says, My dear children, so he's writing to Christians, people who are following Jesus. He says, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone sins, well, newsflash, we are going to sin. We are going to sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. And this is what I've been trying to say. John just says it so much better. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And you can go back and study the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament. I won't get into that, but you can Google it and read about it in the Old Testament where they the priests had to go in and make atonement for the sins of Israel one time a year. Jesus is our atonement. He, he is our sacrifice that makes atonement for our sins. And not only for our sins, but the sins of all the world, John says. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. There's the key. If someone claims, I know God, but does not obey his commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That that is how they know we are living in him. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. That's a tall task. Jesus knew no sin. But if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father who pleads our case. And that's Jesus, right? And we're to strive to be like Jesus on a daily basis. But John says, hey, I know you can't, I know you're not perfect like Jesus. I know you're going to mess up. But hey, when you mess up, Jesus is there to forgive us of our sins. If, you know, if we're striving to be like Jesus and we're walking with Jesus on a daily basis. And so he's, he's saying, uh, he says, but those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That, that is how we know we're living in him because we love like he loves we're living like we're striving to live like Jesus. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one that you have heard from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before, yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of his commandment, of this commandment, and you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing. And the true light is already shining. If anyone claims I am living in the light, but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. There it is. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light. That's Jesus. We're living. We're striving to be like Jesus. We're loving like Jesus. So we're living in the light of Jesus. And we're not causing others to stumble. But, John says, 
Anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Who's all about darkness? Satan. Where do temptations come from? Satan. Who gets our focus off of Jesus? Satan and his temptations. And so Jesus says, watch yourselves. Be that rope that holds the boat that doesn't let it go back out into the water. And that hope is Jesus. So the key is continue on a daily basis to be like Jesus. And when we do mess up and when we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. The blood of Jesus Christ and His blood washes our sin away. And we have to be careful that we don't cause others to stumble. Uh, let me get down in my notes here. Because I've passed myself where, I, where I've been and where I want to be. If we do sin, as I just said, or he, talking to his disciples, Jesus says temptations are going to come on a daily basis. And he says, you know, if a, if a person does sin, they are to be rebuked. And if they repent, then we are to forgive them and move on. And he says it doesn't matter if they keep doing it over and over again. If they ask for forgiveness... We have to forgive, and we're going to talk about that in the next podcast, about forgiveness, because it's very hard. But our goal is to be like Jesus, and if we're trying to be like Jesus, hey, you know, we're going to stumble from time to time. It's going to happen, because we're sinners. Romans 3.23, everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But we don't want to live a life of sin. We don't want to sin, if at all possible. But as Jesus says, the temptations are going to come and, 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 and we have to be on guard. We have to, to, to watch out. And so um, we want to stay focused on Jesus. And that's why we got to have each other and, and, and to encourage each other, to help each other, to stay focused on Jesus. But when we do mess up, we have an advocate with the Father that's Jesus. And 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. So thank the Lord that we have an opportunity to be forgiven when we do stumble, when we do sin, and the blood of, when we repent and turn away from that sin, the blood of Jesus Christ continually washes our sin away. So don't ignore that voice. If if the if Satan comes along and these temptations start to get our focus off of God and the warning light comes on, uh, I think these new cars now mine doesn't have it because it's too old. But these new cars they have warnings when when we start to veer over that yellow line or we start start to veer off the edge of the road. It, it, it sends these warnings and these dings and and it's saying get back on course, get back on course. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit says, hey, you're veering off course here and you need to get your life right with Christ. You need to get your focus right. And, 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 and so don't ignore those warnings like the people in the book of Hebrews. The Hebrew author was throwing out the warnings. Hey, you don't want to leave Jesus because there remains no more sacrifice for your sins. There's, there's no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved. There's no other 
sacrifice out there outside of Jesus that our sins can be forgiven. If you go back into Judaism, then you're leaving Jesus and you're, you're, you're in a dangerous place. There's, there remains no more sacrifice for you. So if we continue to live a life of sin, if we continue on sinning after we have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, we're in danger. Regardless of what anybody tells you, you're in danger because your heart is not right. You're not you're not heading in the right direction toward God and you're not taking people to God. You're leading people away from God. And when we started this podcast, this is what Jesus was saying. He says, it is better for you to hang a heavy stone around your neck and be drowned than to lead somebody away from God. Man, I just I don't want to be in that situation ever and and you know unfortunately i'm a sinner you're a sinner but our goal our purpose is to be close to jesus to be in heaven with him someday and to take as many people as we can with us while we're on this earth and if that's not your goal then your heart's not right with god and i just pray that today listen to these podcasts that you take assessment of your life and see where you are in your walk with Christ. Maybe you never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Never you, You've never confessed Him as Lord and Savior. You have never been baptized for in water, in a watery grave for the remission of your sins in the name of Jesus Christ. And you need to make that decision today. I pray that you do that because we want you to go to heaven with us. But you say, I've made that decision a long time ago. Well, I'm just asking you to take a survey of your life and see where you are on your walk with Christ. Are you leading people to Jesus? Or are you leading people from Jesus? Because if you're leading people from Jesus it, and you're treading on dangerous waters, and I'm asking you to, 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 to check yourself before you wreck yourself and, 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 and start leading people to Jesus. Put on the heart of Christ. Ask the Lord to forgive you. He will. And ask Him to, to, to set you on a new path, to set you on a right path, and that's toward Him. And start leading people to Jesus. Are we, and, and this is what John said the key is, are we loving like Jesus? Because if we're loving like Jesus, and we're living like Jesus, then we're on our way, and we're taking other people with us. And that's the direction we need to be heading in. If not, then we need to repent and turn to God. And I pray if that's you today, that you do just that. Next podcast, as I told you, man, this stuff is deep in Luke chapter 17. And I've been doing some soul searching in my own heart. And that's why I'm so passionate in these podcasts, these last two podcasts. And this next one's going to be a biggie, man. I mean, the Holy Spirit is just going to just take both fists and just go pow, pow, and just knock us out. Uh, and so get ready because we're going to be talking about forgiveness and i hope that you tune in but until then i pray that you keep grinding and keep your eyes on jesus god bless you thank you for listening to the grinded podcast today may god bless you if you have any comments or questions you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com if you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. 
Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.